Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. All right, Eagle Nation, we are back. Gotta Talk is back uh, for season four. This is our second round of preview episodes, and we've got a good one in store for you today, Cody. Uh, we've got uh, we're gonna do a breakdown a little different than we've done in, in seasons past where we uh, break down all sides of the ball offense defense special teams all in one episode um, instead of <clears throat> breaking it up like we have uh, before and that obviously is going to be broken down into position group and we'll get into all the talking points some of which we covered in the last episode with taking the Twitter questions um, but obviously, depending on when you're listening to this, just a couple weeks away uh, from that uh, season opener against Gardner-Webb at Paulson Stadium um, on September 4th. And uh, can't wait for that one. Um, so we're going to get as much in-depth as we can uh, with both sides of the ball as well as special teams in this episode, leading you up to Gardner-Webb and hoping to get one more episode in there uh, where we can kind of look more at the season as a whole, outside of those tour questions that we did before and kind of break down game by game, um, including the Sunbelt schedule and the kind of talking points within that. So, um, yeah, Cody, you're looking forward to it. Hey, yeah, I can't wait, man. Let's get started. So we'll start this one with special teams, um, which, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's usually not the hot topic, right? I mean, everyone, especially George Southern, you want to talk about offense and, and even, even defense, but, We've been a special teams powerhouse, obviously, from from kickers and sending kickers to the NFL. Uh, just send a long snapper to the NFL in uh, Ryan Langdon um, to the Chargers. Uh, then um, we've got, you know, a, a, st- a star punter um, in, in Beck uh, that – um, you know, he's got the, got the Mohawk and, um, you know, definitely a personality. So, um, I, you know, I, I would say we definitely go against the grain at Georgia Southern when it comes to special teams like that. That's, that's a room every year, you know, even as we lose studs that are, um, you know, charismatic guys and they, you know, on and off the field. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so let's start there. Um, and we can start, let's start with Anthony Beck. Yeah, let's start. Um, yeah. He's the easiest one. Yeah, so uh, punter returns um, and big leg, big leg, um, Cody. Yeah, just give me kind of your overall thoughts on on him and what he bring, brings to special teams with some of the changes that we're going to talk about here in a second. Yeah, I mean, big leg can flip the field if we're you know in a in a bad situation or if we go you know three and out or stuck behind our thirty, he can flip the field for us and give our defense a chance. Um, you know, that's a understated weapon that most, you know, common fans don't really, you know, appreciate. Uh, but here at Georgia Southern, I think we do. I think we kind of really, you know, as you just kind of mentioned, special teams kind of holds, you know, a pretty good place in, in all of our hearts. I mean, one of the biggest uh, supporters and, and well-known names, Terry Harvin, is obviously the punter from one of the few of the great Eric Russell's teams from way long ago. So um, Anthony Beck, you know, again, he's going to – Again, flip the field. He's going to be the big leg. He's going to be the constant, the leader in that special teams locker room. Um, gives us a, a, a great starting point and ability to be able to, um, I mean, just have leadership and, and just and just lead that team and show them what a Georgia Southern man is. Now that Bass is gone and Langdon is gone, he's kind of the you know de facto leader of that group. 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, redshirt um, junior uh, punter. So you know that that's key. It seems like he's been here longer. You know, but um, but yeah, uh, that just just a junior, average forty one point uh, seventy six yards uh, per punt last year. Uh, Fifty one total punts um, with a long of sixty. So yeah, definitely a kind of unsung hero in some respects, um, and a, and a big leg and big weapon. Um, for the special teams unit. So uh, from that, let's keep it with uh, kickers um, and, and, and talk about that situation. You know, it's, it's uh, a recurring theme that we had last year, right? I mean, obviously, uh, in losing Tyler Bass, those are uh, huge shoes to fill, literally, right? And we we did our best there uh, with uh, uh, Alex. Um, and now, you know, we've, we've brought in even more talent uh, to, to one, I mean, challenge him, obviously. Um, but, you know, in, in, in talking about the kicking game, place kicking game, um, I think it's often overlooked. It's even been overlooked on this podcast, right, um, where we're, we hone in on field goals. Right. And then just field goal yep. percentages and certain situations, you you know, can't hit from 40 beyond whatever. But there's obviously a lot more that goes into it. Um, there's, you know, the, the kickoff game, um, you know, can can you uh, pin the team back? You know, that was, uh, you know, a, a nuance of it that uh, that Bass had that uh, a lot of us took for granted, you know, of, of, of being able to. Um, get touchbacks where the returner had no chance, um, and um, and 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 pin teams deep and then make them drive the the whole length of the field. So, um, you know, in that we've got a couple guys. Cody, why don't you take that one? Kind of lay out um, the talent in that uh, place kicking room, and then we can talk through maybe some scenarios of how they'll fit into those roles that I just mentioned. Yeah. So uh, Alex Rainer, obviously kicker last year, um, I think it was pretty decent inside the forty. Um, push him back any deeper than that. That's where we kind of saw the problems, missed field goals, stuff like that. Um, came out, I believe, like after the season, he was dealing with an injury right before the season. Didn't really able to kind of get um, maybe as prepared as he would like to, um, and then kind of had to deal with it throughout the whole season. You have Bryce Christensen, who I believe is kind of competing for that job, as well as I think a freshman from Richmond Hill down here um, outside of Savannah. Um, I think he's put out a few videos online. You know, he could kick it 50, 60 yards plus. So there should be a healthy competition in regards to field goals and kickoff coverage and kickoffs um, teams to where by the time we get started at Gardner-Webb in a few weeks, we should hopefully be pretty confident in that position group, right? I'm not asking for like 50-yard plus bomb kicks, you know, 90%, you know, effectiveness, all that, right? you know. But we should feel pretty confident, I would hope, maybe with inside 45. And then as far as kickoff coverage goes, we should be able to at least give our kickoff coverage team a chance to make the tackle, not like what you saw with again the App State game in which it was just yeah. they had, like, no chance. Just so, a complete breakdown, yeah. Yeah, so I will foresee to see that all that has been corrected. Um, I think a lot of it had to do – the problems last year had to do with the pandemic and not really being able to get in camp and, and really kind of holding in on those things, right? You had to pick and choose what you had to focus on, right? Is it more important to really focus on special team coverages or is it more important to get your offense or your defense installed, right? So you had to kind yeah, of pick what you you have to focus on. So, again, now whether you're having a full spring practice, full fall camp, full summer workouts, whole nine yards, look for that to be greatly improved. Um, yeah. In this upcoming season, 
so Britton Williams, he's the kid from from Richmond Hill, um, true freshman, 5'11", 180, um, played at Richmond Hill High School. Uh, you mentioned Bryce Christensen. Um, he's a redshirt junior from Swanee, played at Lambert High School. Um, and then, obviously, Alex Raynard. So Alex Raynard handled field goal role for us last year, 18 of 25, 72%. Um, like you said, solid from under 40. So 7 he for 8, 20 to 29. Yeah, he, he yes he did. So he had a long of forty seven. He was. So we know uh, he can hit it. He just has seven, to be accurate. Seven of eight from twenty to twenty nine. Eight of nine from thirty to thirty nine. Then once you get that 40, 49 range, he was three of seven, and then zero for one, fifty plus. So I mean, obviously that was something that Bass delivered on time after time. That was something that we, we even saw from Young Way Koo, um, and continue to see now with the Falcons. Um, but yeah, so I, he he showed that he has the leg to hit that 47 is can he do it consistently can he do it in um you know can he do it on the road can he do it in you know a crazy atmosphere can he do it in uh, poor poor conditions poor conditions can he do it up in boone at the end of the season you know when when it's gonna be frigid up there like that's that's things i mean we even saw bass struggle with that you know on 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 the on his his senior season it was yeah what right well, he and all the, rain, all the rain that though. he dealt yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. But, so, so, and, he, yeah. and here's the other thing, too. He's 40 or 41 from extra points, which doesn't get talked a lot, right? That nobody really focuses on extra points until you miss one. Right. Um, and that's, you know, 40 or 41 is really, really good. Obviously, we wish we could have that one back. It just so happened to be against the in the Army game, which did come back to bite us. But in the long-term season of things when you look at it 40 41 is really really good right you're gonna want your kicker to be consistently good at extra points so you not have to worry about that so again i think rainer probably wins the job but would not be surprised if the young man from richmond hill pushes him and and, and really makes him earn the spot yeah and Britton williams too um and and christensen as well right uh, again, talking about kickoffs. So, you know, Raynard only kicked the ball off for us 10 times last year, um, a, a dead of 46.5 yards. Uh, Di Lewis um, was our, our main, uh, you know, ha- handled that mainly. Um, Di, Di Lewis, uh, he's not, not listed on the roster um, anymore. So I, I assume a senior just no longer with the team um, for, for whatever reason. So, uh, so yeah, so I think, I think you're going to see, you know, since – Alex only handled 10 um, total kickoffs last year. I, I think there's a good chance that you're going to see Somebody Bryce. Else. Yeah, Bryce or Britton uh, step into that role. Um, and, and yeah, maybe maybe there's a trade-off. Maybe even even with place kicking, you know, even with field goals and with extra points, maybe Raynard is in there because, again, he is consistent. He's in there for extra points. He's in there for under 40. But you've got a Britton Williams is showing off that, that big leg on, on social media. Maybe he gets that chance, um, you know, from, from 40 plus, or if we need a 50 plus, um, you know, so, so yeah, it, it definitely just like the quarterback situation that we'll talk about here um, in a little bit when we get to offense, um, it, it's not necessarily just a one man job. Correct. Correct. Yeah. All right. Cool. So rock and roll, and we will go um, to let's go to returns. We can kind of compile this together, right? With pun and, and kickoff, obviously lost, you know, a, a big hit 
across the board, obviously, but certainly from a return specialist standpoint in West Kennedy. Um, but we've got plenty of talent uh, to make up for that loss. Um, obviously, return Caleb Hood, um, and he's going to be splitting reps um, more than likely. Uh, with newcomer Amari Jones transfer from Tulane, which we will certainly talk about here um, a lot in uh, our offensive. Apparently, um, he's going to play every position. On chapter, offense. yeah. I mean, he's bu- he's Bugs Bunny, yeah. He's, <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, you know, certainly excited about him. He certainly has that West Kennedy Swiss Army knife um, type um, feel about him um, that he can do a little bit of everything and do it really, really well. Um, and special teams is going to be a part of that return specialist is going to be a part of that. So it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out of just what guy gets the most reps. Is it, is it mainly hood on punts? Is it mainly um, Amari Jones on kickoffs or, or split? Obviously you put two guys bag normally on, on the kickoffs, but like who, who is that who lines up as that main guy? Um, who do, you know, who do uh, yeah, um, I think for opposing Bunny- kickers who do they kick away from you know um after some of these guys make plays the first time amari jones bus one or the first time uh you know hood bus one it gives the other guy an opportunity because they're you know probably gonna um avoid you know avoid them so yeah i think for punt returns it's gonna be whoever you trust catching the ball right whoever you know has the better hands for that yeah which you know honestly between jones and and hood they're they're really good at it, so I don't. It's a toss up. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a good problem to have. It's a good decision, good hard choice that you get to have between those two uh, young men. Uh, I don't. We saw the hood return against FAU last year. Uh, he's dangerous anytime you get the ball in his hands. Jones, as long as his legs are healthy, he's going to be dangerous anytime the ball gets in his hands. Uh, it's going to be a unique weapon that we have uh, for this team, right? You know, we could obviously score points running the ball, throwing the ball. But it's really good when you have a, a nice threat in the special teams with return to where you can get those quick scores, you can get those quick points, and really change momentum and maybe a game that's kind of going back and forth or that is just kind of stall between two teams and get a catch lightning in a bottle, have one anybody turn for a touchdown, boom, you get the momentum, and, and you're off to the races for a victory. So mm-hmm. uh, that I think they give us that spark. And, you know, it's not something that an opposing team can just relax on when they're punting the ball to us or kickoffs. Again, if you're not focusing that, if you don't take that seriously in game prep against us, we're going to burn you. For sure. Yeah, so speaking of punting, I'm going to punt this one to you, Cody, because I don't have the answer for it, and it's going to be who is replacing a guy that I mentioned um, just a few minutes ago and Ryan Langdon. Um, talk about unsung heroes and a long snapper. Um, and, you know, now now with the um, Chargers, you know, that's that's – obviously a position that um you know doesn't doesn't get talked about much um but he was a consistent um he was as consistent as it gets um you know never up, a bad snap and he never a bad that. snap um up up for the, the award for best long snapper i believe finished second or third um in the running there and um and yeah i mean it's it's a guy that you don't you know much like a center on the offensive line you don't miss him until he's gone because you see you know it's uh it kind of becomes apparent really quick um or can uh so i'm not really sure who's going to step into that role but it's going to be an interesting role to look um to see what shakes out there uh yeah i'm not sure either but phil still has it listed as a young man named nathan tillman um which i think is a incoming freshman in this class i believe um so we'll kind of see how that shakes out again to me it, it 
whoever fills that role, can they take over that consistency of delivering good snaps to Beck, good snaps to – I think Beck is also the field goal holder now that's kind of changed up to how things used to be. It used to be like right. the backup quarterback. Now it's typically the punter that holds for field goals. Um, can he de- deliver that snap consistently um, to where punts are kicked off in time, field goals are kicked off in time? Because remember, it's all about timing with these yep. kicks, you know, to prevent blocks and all sorts of things, you know, Kickers have their own, you know, field goal kickers have their own little sense of timing to where if they're off, they can't really kick the field goal how they need to. So are they, whoever it is, whether it's this Tillman guy or somebody else, are they getting the reps in? Are they practicing that timing? Are they getting the feel for how things are going to be on game day? And that way when Gardner-Webb gets in town, it's like, okay, we can hit the ground running and there's not going to be too many hiccups. Now, am I expecting perfection this season? Right. No, we're, we should probably expect a few, you know, fumbled, fumbled snaps. Expect to hear whoever's in this role have their name called, whether it's Tillman or someone else, and it's probably going to be for the bad reasons, right? Because, yes. you know, th- this this position is one of those things where you're not going to hear their name called um, unless there's a, a level of Langdon, and, and you didn't hear his name called really up until, like, last year when he started getting all the accolades, accolades and stuff, right? right. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's one of those roles you don't even know exists. You don't know who's in it. You don't have a name attached to it until they start messing up yep. um, and making mistakes. So expect to hear whoever's in this role, um, you know, their name called. Don't just point finger point to the kicker or to the punter or, you know, um, because obviously like it's, it's easy to, to blame them when you're not paying close enough attention um, that look, it was a bad snap. It wasn't, I mean, obviously there's some that are, there are obvious where it's a snap over their head or right into the ground, but there's others that, like you said, the timing where it's just a hair off and that can make a big difference in a shank kick or something like this. So if you miss an extra point, if you know, they, they pull something, don't just start pointing at the kicker or, you know, um, or the holder could be the long snapper. Exactly. And that's going to be, um, that's gonna that's gonna be honestly that's gonna be the case, right? Like we hope that we never have to come on this podcast and say, "Gosh darn it, you know, so and so again." We gotta find a solution. Yeah, we gotta it. find a solution for this. Why didn't they get this figured out in spring ball or in fall camp or however? You know, how hard is it to practice snapping the ball? You know, but again, let's not judge too harshly. Nobody has ever really been a long snapper in a collegiate football game, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't know how you could sit there and just to me looking at the position, you're trusting that the two guards next to you are going to do their job to block and you have to hike that ball however many yards back and then try to throw your arms out to try to block guys from going up that A gap. That that to me just is just an impossible task to do. And Ryan Lingdon made it look like it was the easiest thing in the world. Right. Um, again, Whoever takes this over is going to have big shoes to fill. It's not going to be easy. They're probably going to make some mistakes. Let's see how the coaching staff handles it. Hopefully it's not in big key situations that cost us the game. Um, And that whoever it is can learn from it and not, you know, make the mistake again, or at least not consistently make it every game in which we're like, oh, no. Kind of like how it was in, um, what was it, 2019, where we didn't have a center because of injuries. Right. And, you know, that main game, you had like seven bad snaps going over the quarterback's head. Yeah. Let's not hopefully we see that 
that is not what we want to see. Right. All right. I think we talked a lot about that. Yeah, we're good. I think we're good. We're 20 minutes in. We put, we put that in. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 yeah. Look for those storylines on special teams. Um, certainly do not want to discredit any of those positions, all equally important. Um, and, uh, and yeah, obviously been strong in that area in the past and hoping to, to get back where we had, you know, a, a few setbacks, a few um, maybe regressions last year at certain positions, and we see that um, improve. So I'm um, looking forward to that. Uh, moving on defense so uh scott sloan um you know this was this was the unit that really made up uh you know for uh, you know a, a lot of things on on offense um where we were inept at, at times and um they kept us in the ball game let's they just kept be honest us in the ball game yeah they did they, they made it to where we could they gave us a chance to win and in, in yeah. a lot of games so just like offense that we'll talk about here in a little bit um, return eight starters on on defense um, for Scott Sloan. Um, obviously, the you know the guys that we lose um, are are big losses. Um, you know Raymond Johnson uh, now with the the New York Giants, uh, Rashad Bird, uh, Raynard Ellis who left after the Army game, um, and then Ken, Kendrick Kendrick Duncan and Kendrick Duncan. So Kendrick. Duncan. Sorry, I was just thinking about Raynard Ellis and and how he left after all the memes that popped up about him not. Oh God. Are we really getting into that? No, yeah. I'm just just saying that it made me chuckle. Anyways, go ahead. Okay. Anyway, so um, yes, and Kendrick Duncan, obviously one of two uh, big transfers in the off season um, to Louisville, um, ACC. Uh, Shy words, of course, being the other one, um, making the move from quarterback here uh, to wide receiver. Um, but yeah, Kendrick Duncan, uh, big uh, free safety. Um, you know, was all over the field. Uh, was very much kind of that that field general uh, for us. I think is probably going to have a, a breakout season. Probably position himself uh, well for the NFL draft um, with Louisville. But moving on from that, big shoes to fill uh, in that secondary. So I guess that's a good segue. We'll start with the secondary. Um, you know, it's 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 a position group that's. With that said, with Kendrick Duncan leaving, um, we're still probably arguably the best positioned over any of the um, position groups on defense. Obviously, you know, a young young but talented group, right? Um, with uh, Derek Canteen, uh, led the nation in interceptions last year, um, certainly a breakout player. He has every preseason accolade you could imagine pretty much um, coming into the season, uh, rightly so, and I think he will have another big year. Um, but you also have... Um, you know, in, in secondary, uh, you know, uh, take it up for Kendrick Duncan. You got Justin Birdsong, um, which you know uh, made his made his uh, name heard. Uh, you know, when he was in the game, uh, made you know had uh, three interceptions last year, nineteen tackles. Um, you know, yeah, he uh, came on. Justin Birdsong yeah. came on late in the season. He started against FAU and against Louisiana Tech. The bowl, bowl game. game, yeah, showed out in the bowl game. Played really, really well. Also played really well against App State. Um, if I remember correctly, um, he's going to be kind of the leader, right? The the quarterback is, as they say, the safety is of the defense. Um, uh, you mentioned Canteen. You have, I think, Wilson is going to be the other starting uh, safety. And then you have Daryl Baker, um, who is going to be the other starting corner in that secondary. Obviously, three of those guys are really, really young. Daryl Baker, I feel like he's been here since 
you and I were in school. Right. <laughs> right. It, se- it definitely seems that way. Yeah. So I, you mentioned, um, I think this is a young group, but I think it's kind of the strength of the defense. All four of these young men have, have obviously played a lot or have a lot of playing time, um, either last season or in seasons beforehand. Um, they should be able to stop or hold off a lot of the high-powered offenses that we're going to see in the Sun Belt. You think of some of your passing tags like Georgia State. You look at uh, Coastal, even though they run the option, but they have you know their their passing attack is pretty pretty potent. Yeah. Um, they should be able to have a, a pretty good defense against that, and it all starts with the secondary here. Um, now. Again, I think the main thing is going to be now that all eyes are on Derek Canteen, how does that adjust in terms of offenses prepping for our defense, right. particularly against our secondary? And does somebody like Daryl Baker kind of take, who's kind of getting a lot of accolades, right? He was on that freak list from The Athletic that came out yep. this past week or the week before. Um, I think he's on the Reese's Bowl, uh, Senior Bowl's watch list. Um, and somebody that has turned some heads as term as his, his athletic ability um they say that there's a few i think was it uh oh gosh uh naggy jim james naggy forget uh jim jim naggy jim naggy came out with a tweet i think it was yesterday or today talking <clears throat> talking about how you know daryl baker jr has this great athletic ability but there's a few things for him to work on and it will how does he work on that throughout the season so it's there, very similar to a guy, you know, to Kendall Vildor, right? Yeah, uh, to, yeah. to 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 Brinson and Vildor. If if you look back, you know, you had Brinson with a big year. He had all the preseason accolades. By no means did he have a bad year, but he definitely saw less targets. Um, you know, people weren't throwing his way. They started to pick on Vildor more, and you see what happens. And that now Vildor's starting for the Bears. Um, you yeah. know, and and so I think you could see a very similar situation. That's not me. Don't read between the lines. That's not me saying that um, that Canteen's going to have an off year or anything like that. But I think it's going to open the door um, to a guy like Daryl Baker, maybe even uh, someone like a Justin Birdsong. I understand that's safety, but I mean, if, if they're avoiding that side of the field, they try to throw deeper on us. Um, I think it's going to allow for more opportunities for them to step up and make big plays. And yeah. I, I think they can, they can do that. So um, yeah, I, I think look for that, you know, is, is realistically canteen going to lead the nation in, in interceptions again? Probably not because he's not going to give as many targets. Um, but I, I think we have the guys, the talent in place, um, to make up for that. So, you know, while those stats may be split um, and not any one guy maybe is put on a pedestal and highlighted as much, um, I think as a unit, they're going to be incredibly strong. I think so. I think I, I completely agree. Uh, you know, I talked about this before uh, we started, but this reminds us of the 2018 defense, right? Where we thought that the strength of that defense was in the secondary with Brinson and Vildor and. Uh, yep. Was it uh, Moon and Freeman? Yeah, Josh Moon. Who, yeah. yeah, who were the safeties there? I think you. I think that's kind of similar here, right? Two young, or uh, well, on this one you have three young uh, or two young players, and then two older players in Birdsong and and Baker. But this should this this unit should stand out in this defense throughout the season, and should hopefully help in other areas of the defense where we may not have as much either depth or strength in. 
Right. And, and Justin Birdsong too. I mean, Daryl Baker, like you said, been here a long time, six year, um, you know, t- taking his, his COVID year. Um, Birdsong is a senior, um, 5'11", 185 from uh, Lithonia, Georgia and Stevenson high school. But you know, this is a yeah, guy again, I w- I stepped up take- big. Yeah, Stepped up big when young, he played, yeah. But but he's actually played a lot on special teams. He has, he has, but but hasn't had because of all the talent in front of him a lot of opportunities to play safety. When he has stepped up big, I'm really excited. Um, we'll we'll I get to this too. here in yeah. a second, but I'm really excited about Justin Birdsong to see him get more playing time and see what this kid can do because I I think he could be special. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. Um, cool. So from there, I guess let's work our way down. So let's, uh, do linebackers. Um, and you know, this is a group, you know, was going to be a big question mark for us going into the 2020 season. Um, obviously losing, uh, Rashad bird, um, is, is, is a big hit for us. Um, and Reynard Ellis and, and Reynard Ellis, um, that played kind of that hybrid role. You got Randy Wade, uh, coming back, um, 275 pounds, also kind of that hybrid outside linebacker defensive end, um, similar to a, to a Reynard Ellis, um, as well as uh, um, Ben Josue, right? Yeah, he's on the anchor. Yep, yep, on the anchor. Um, and then you get the transfer in from Oregon that we've talked about here in the past, and Andrew Johnson, um, who I believe played with, what, J.D. King um, in, in high school, and then um, you get uh, also a transfer from North Carolina as well in uh, Cadre, uh, uh, yeah, Cadre Jackson. I'm gonna say. Yeah, that's the transfer. So you had three Power Five transfers at the linebacker position, right? You had uh, Andrew Johnson, who you just mentioned. He's transferred from Oregon. Um, Jackson, who's a North Carolina transfer, and then we have Kavion Glenn, who's a Florida State transfer. Yeah. Uh, that came in so you could tell that the coaching staff obviously thought we needed some injections of new talent here uh, to say the least Um, and we needed some some guys who could probably step in right away and play Um, and obviously I think the three young men that they got are probably going to be playmakers that are probably going to be able to you'll see them in the rotation if not starting during the season um this is the biggest question marker of the entire defense. We'll get into the defensive line here in a second, but this unit, I think it's going to kind of show, is this going to be a average to okay, good defense, or is it going to be a really good, great defense? And I don't think nobody really knows that right now. Maybe the team does because they can see the workouts and the preparation and practices and all that kind of right now. But us as fans, I think this is the biggest question mark. And when we look at Gardner Webb and FAU in the first two games, this is where I'm working. This is where I'm looking at on defense. How do the linebackers play? Are they able to do their positions? Are we able to read blitzes right? Are we able to do coverage? Are we falling back? Are we in the spots that we need to be? And if so, are they handling their responsibilities like they should? I, you could count on Raynor Ellis to be where he was, right? He was attacking right. the quarterback. He was stopping the running backs. He was... If you need to be in coverage, you'd be in coverage. Bird, yeah. Bird as well. Yeah, you knew yeah. he was always going to be in the yeah, right position. Yeah, he was always going to be there. But, um, and then also, too, what Todd Bradley Glenn is, you know, yes. should should also, you know, that's another guy that's been there forever. Um, so he should be the leadership. The pieces are there for them to be successful. Again, I think it's kind of in what we're going to get to with a certain position in offense. Um, we just don't. 
have the playing time there to know for sure that it's going to be good. Right. It looks like it should be good. They look like athletes. They we just haven't seen them play together. We just haven't seen it play. And until you see a play, you don't know. Right. Yeah, definitely going to be some learning curve there probably um, where that's – if there was any position unit on defense that could make uh, the largest progression from game one – to the end of the season, it's probably this group, right? Um, you know, you could you could see some lapses maybe early on. You could argue maybe secondary too, um, but you could see some lapses early on, and I think you're going to s- continue to see them get better, better game in and game out. Um, yeah. Andrew Johnson, real quick, the transfer from Oregon. One did not play uh, at Fitzgerald High School. For, yeah, with JD he, King yeah. had to look it up. I, I, yeah, Tiff I, County I, wasn't it? Tiff County High School. Okay. Yeah, but six two two forty five played special teams for Oregon. Uh, highly recruited um, out of Tiff County High School. Um, really looking forward to seeing what this kid can bring. Let's. I'm gonna stop right there. With all the question marks that is for the linebacker core. Again, I'm gonna go back to the 2018 season. Remember in the Clemson game in which it felt like our linebackers were just dropping out of the game like flies. And we'd gone down to like third string, fourth string guys, and they played well. That group of talent in that game and really in that season is is a lot less than what we have now with these P5 transfers and the young men that we have, you know, Todd Riley getting Quinn Williams, Ben Hosway. Again, Zion McGee. Zion McGee. There you go. And the good thing is those are the same coaches back on defense that we have now, right? Scott Sloan's the coordinator. You have uh, Cunningham. Yep. Uh, gosh, I think he's the outside linebacker coach. Uh, um, the inside so. coaches, except my name, but he's the same guy back going back since Lunchford has been hired here. It's continuity. Yeah, we so have, we if, have continuity. That coaching staff on, can get yeah. that group back in 18 to play as well as they did with as deep as they had to go into their bench. I feel really confident that this group should be really, really good. Um, again, to me, it's just the biggest yeah. unknown when you look at the defensive group. If they perform like I'm hoping that they can, I think you look for this defense to be just as good, if not better, than what they were last year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Cool. Um, all right, so I guess if we are good with that, we will move to the line. Um, so, again, losing Raymond Johnson, huge hit now with the Giants. Um, you know, you just talk about a motor with him and just uh, certainly a, a, a team leader um, as well, uh, you know, defensive leader, but also team leader, um, it, which is just hard hard to replace. Um, but with still a lot of talent returning here, um, centered around, um, fittingly so, uh, nose tackle C.J. Wright. Um, you know, in, in that, uh, three, four scheme, he is the anchor of that line. Um, and has, has made big play after big play. Um, just a huge body there. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, I think he's, he's going to continue to, I think he's going to kind of step up and in for, um, what we lost in a Raymond Johnson, right. Um, to kind of be, to, to be that vocal leader, especially on the line, um, well, you know, the vocal and leader, but be the person uh, that the offensive line has to double team makes that play. Team, right. Yeah. That was, you saw mm-hmm. with Raymond, uh, Raymond Johnson, that teams consistently had to double team or triple team him in order to, to keep him out of the backfield. If they didn't, he would get the sack or the tackle for loss and heck sometimes they would still try that he would still beat them cg Wright's kind of have to take over kind of 
adapt production. And he has to kind of force the offensive lines to double team and triple team him um, and, you know, allow the rest of, of the defense to kind of open up and to be able to attack and blitz and, and put pressure on the quarterback and, and block up those gaps to where the opponent's run game is, is shut down, right? Last year, I think we were number one in rush defense in the Sun Belt. Uh, so, he, to me, he takes on a, a – he's, to me, the the leader now of that line. Um, you know, now it looks like Gavin Adcock had a knee injury up here. I don't – you know, he seems to be kind of focusing on his music career, which is great for him. He had his new song that came out. It's, it's yeah, future, great, great song. Yeah, future uh, country, um, country superstar. So, yeah. I, you know, he's kind of, to me, the, the leader of that line. Um, and there's a lot of yep. talent around him. But he's the leader. Yeah. Yep. Well, talking about talent, Justin Ellis, obviously, um, you, you know, got to mention him um, at the, at the in position. And, yeah, I, I, I played great last year. Looking forward to seeing him more. And, yeah, I, I think with CJ there up the middle, um, just causing havoc, right, and, and creating, um, I think it's going to create a lot of opportunities for Justin Ellis. I think you're going to hear – uh, that kid's name called a lot um, this year uh, of just disruption in the backfield, sacks, uh, quarterback hurries, you know, get him out of the pocket. Um, and, and, yeah, really, really yeah. excited to see And then two more names, um, A.J. Watkins uh, and then Dylan Springer, two guys who are going to be on defensive ends. Dylan Springer. Yeah. Um, look for them. Springer's another worker, guy, man. you know, he's he's, a, he's he's like that just he's like that Justin Bird song. Like he has just been paying his dues there, taking his opportunities when he can get it. You kind of hear his name, you know, like it it seems like he's been here for for a long time and like when you hear his name it's usually for good reasons, it's because he's making a big play. Um he just hasn't had like always a consistent like reps and stuff, but I think I think this this is going to be a big breakout year for yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, he, he, that should be somebody that, so. who should, you should see a, a increase in production as far as tackles, tackle for loss sacks. Mm. Um, now mention Gavin Adcock last that I heard last I've seen, he's still injured. I uh, don't know the extent to the injury. Um, the, I think the one practice that I've been to, I didn't see him in pads. He seemed to be more like coaching, almost like a player coach sort of a deal. Um, and then I believe we had a transfer. I think it was Jordan Mitchell, um, who I think transferred to Texas State, either Texas State or ULM. Some okay. one other Sunbelt school out west. Um, so gotcha. some depth that is lost there. But, again, I think this unit, there's enough there. Obviously, we know who their coach is. Vic Cabral, he's going to have this team. He's going to have this position group ready. Yeah. Ready to go. Fired up every game, whether it's yeah. Garner Webb or whether it's I, App State again, and, and I, I Louisiana, right? Yeah. See this isn't too much of an issue. Um there should be enough players to go around, get rotations in. Um again, to me, kind of wrapping this all up before we go on to offense. Biggest question mark, linebacker group, um, line secondary should be good. Obviously, we don't know the impact of Raymond Johnson the third and Rashad Bird and Raynard Ellis and Duncan all leaving. I think Duncan's absence is gonna be less impactful considering that he was out most of the year last year. So I don't think I think that that's why I'm really kinda honed in on the secondary being pretty good. I'm really confident in Birdsong yeah. and Canteen, Daryl Baker, 
uh, he he should take the jump, right? We, he, we know that he's kind of been good. I think some teams have kind of picked on him a couple of seasons uh, when he's been on the field. But, you know, I think he, he's sixth year. He's obviously an athletic freak. Right. He This should be, a, to me, a year, a big year for him. I agree. Yeah, I think this is going to be like his – his coming out party. I mean, it's it's going to be really big. Um, you know, very much. Again, I I really see like Vildor. I, I don't want to say he's he's on necessarily the same level, right? I'm not not necessarily comparing like apples to apples here, but I think it will. The 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 door is open. The stage is set, right, for him to have a really big year because I think of of what Canteen was able to put together last year. Um, I think teams are going to continue to throw his way until he proves them wrong. Um, and I think he has yeah. the talent to do that. Um, and, 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 and same with Justin Birdsong, you know, um, I, I, you know, I, I don't think you're going to have a big lapse there. Um, losing, losing Duncan, like you said. So, um, with that, before we move to offense, let's, let's do, we didn't do it for special teams for defense. Let's kind of go through very, you know, unofficial here but we'll we'll go with each of our breakout player we've kind of already said it with like each unit but just overall with defense breakout player and x factor so just quick like definitions i guess there if they're not self-explanatory um you know breakout player Derek canteen is a great example of that he would have been a breakout player last year now were we smart enough to predict that? Maybe <laughs> no. not. Um, but, um, right. But, and we didn't do this exercise last year, but we wouldn't have picked Derek Henty probably, you know. Um, but, but that's a perfect example of a guy that, like, has, um, you know, been doing everything the right way, been showing out in practice, um, has a little bit of buzz around him. But, uh, you know, until last year, no one outside of George Southern knew who he was. Um, and, yeah, he just proved it on the field. So, that is kind of your breakout player. Like maybe he got some playing uh, time. Maybe he made a play or two. Um, but who's going to take that really huge leap, right? Then you have your X factor. Your X factor isn't necessarily your best player per se. It's not your your stat leader in a certain category per se. Um, on on defense, it's not necessarily you know your guy who has the most sacks or the most total tackles. It's it's just that guy that. You know, Raynard Ellis, you know, would be a good a good example last year of kind of your X factor. Um, also, maybe even a, a Rashad Bird or obviously a Raymond Johnson of of, of that guy that's going to be kind of that leader that when when they're um, in a position to make a play, they're always in the right position to make a play, um, and they do so. You know, so um, going with that, Cody, let's start with breakout player. I'll turn it to you. Who's your breakout player on defense right. for the twenty twenty one season? Justin Birdsong. Just, I think he's just going to be the guy yep. that's going to really turn a lot yep. of heads. I think if he gets a full season on the defense being a starter, he should really put up really good numbers. Again, I think this young man has it all, intelligence, athletic ability. He's now, obviously, he has you know three, four years under his belt in the system, learning it day in, day out. It, it's time for him to, you know, he's going to, he should grab that mantle and run with it. Yeah, so I mean, I I agree with Birdsong, but just to to offer a different opinion, I'll go I'll go with Justin Ellis. Um, you know, I, I think this easily could go to C.J. Wright too on the line. Um, as we said, creating for him, you know, he was the fifth leading tackler. C.J. Wright was with thirty nine uh, total tackles, um, where Justin Ellis had uh, twenty eight. Um, and uh, you know, I think. 
yeah, I, I think he's he's going to have a breakout year. I mean, I I, I think you're going to hear his name called a lot. Um, you know, he's going to have quarterback hurries. He's going to get some sacks, um, and he's just going to kind of fly around the field. So, um, yeah, he's my pick. All right, and then your X factor, right? I think I'm going to have to go with C.J. Wright. He's going to be the guy that determined. I, I think he's the. Yeah, I think and that's a good one. Yeah. Defense. Yeah, that's that's a good one, and 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 this one's tough. If I if I go, I think I think that's probably the the safest pick, probably there. Um, you know, just to offer like something different. Um, I'll go. I'll go with Daryl Baker. Um, you know, I, I, I think, I think he could be your X factor if, if he does everything that we've talked about, right. Where, where, where he steps up and, um, certainly this could be Derek Canteen, you know, um, uh, again, break, he was the breakout player last year on defense. I think that's, uh, you know, um, by, by a mile there, but, uh, you know, he could, uh, have another big year for sure. Um, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with his counterpart, um, and, uh, and Daryl Baker Jr. and and say that you know in his sixth year that he steps up, um, and if he gets those opportunities, which he will, um, you know he he makes he makes plays and he could probably you know don't be surprised if he has more interceptions than Canteen if his name's called more than Canteen, um, you know I I think we could see a very similar again yeah uh, Brinson yep. Vildor kind of situation there yeah cool um, moving on to offense. So, where do we want to start with this? Um, uh, we we yeah, start with the line, just, or we start the with uh, out the way. I think that's kind of the safest safest place to start, and then we'll get into the position groups. Well, obviously, over overall on offense. So, um, I, I guess we could we can start with with that right um so overall on offense you've got you know finished uh fifth in the nation um in rushing yards uh with uh, 267 per game um but overall obviously not where we wanted to be uh 371 yards total uh 27 points per game um doug roos back after being the interim after obviously leading us to 14-15, um, you know, was the uh, tight ends coach last year. We talked about um, that position group, which we will again here in a second. Um, but, you know, this this is an offense overall that I think um, is going to make a big leap. You know, it's, 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 I think this is the year we surpass 30 points per be. game. I don't think, I don't um, think really finally, this coaching staff has an yeah, option. Yeah, we can't yeah. have another year of a so-so offense people could go crazy yeah well yeah and, and, and it's and it's funny and it, it shows how high of a bar we've set here because at a lot of places they would kill but even for 27 points per game um out of an offense but but yeah at thir- 30 is that threshold it's well established of why um and and i do think that with the weapons that we have and with doug roos um orchestrating it that we will get there. Um, I think we probably get around, you know, right under 400, a little over 400 yards per game probably this year. So I think we see improvements in both of those statistical categories. Um, And again, return to eight starters, like I mentioned, just like the defense. Um, Obviously, you know, the, the, the losses are obvious, you know, in words going to Louisville. Um, 
we lose Wesley Kennedy at least for now. Um, we yeah, haven't heard otherwise. So we're gonna, you know, he's not on the roster. He's not right. We've there's rumors or whatever, but he, yes. So <clears throat> there's that. Darren Anderson, um, worry. Um, on the wide receiver core. Yep. So there's places in which uh, there's question marks. Quarterback, wide receiver, obviously. Um, tight end to a certain point, but I think tight end's pretty. I think tight end's pretty pretty solid um but no i think yeah, we're set. the big thing is is a completely new offensive coaching staff right from oc on down and how are things going to improve what are, are going to be different yeah that continuity know, is, yeah is that think, continuity there yeah um obviously we mentioned i think tempo is going to be a thing uh you know i don't know if we see the bobsled formation as much as we've had the past three years um <laughs> right yeah, exactly. Or the, or the dive uh, as much. You know, <laughs> look for things to be more along the lines of one running back, one tight end, three receivers, and you have the slot guy go in motion. Are you gonna Are you gonna drop your new vote? Are you gonna drop your new uh, vocabulary no, word? No, up front no, on offensive no. line that you learn. No, no, <laughs> no? your splits. <laughs> we really do have the best um, audience because I feel like even when we either forget things or we mispronounce certain schools. Um, they they are quick. They do. They they, do. they call us out they in a do. very polite so way. I, I, yeah. There's yeah. <laughs> splits. I know. And either and either they're really good <laughs> Southerners and they do it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's a bless your heart way. Bless your heart. You know. But but like they yeah they do it in such a way yeah. that like we're like oh man they're so kind. No, and maybe they're not. No. Maybe they all I, hate I us. But I don't, I'm not yeah, gonna say so. that. No. Uh, yeah. Splits. But I, again. That's gonna, I think, be the 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 real story to watch throughout the season is is the changes and are those changes yeah. effective? If they are, like you and I hope, and a lot of the fan base obviously hopes for, then I think we should look in for a pretty special season this year. Um, if it's not and we struggle, well, then things are gonna get tough, and doing this podcast week in and week out is gonna be you know hard to do as well. Yeah, so it's gonna be tough. Yeah. But no, I think tempo. Um, personnel as far as how who's on the field um, splits and then um, just effectiveness is are they executing what they want to execute um, and you hope that with you know right. who we see as the coaches for this on the staff I that's what I least worry about with this staff I think the offensive line will will know what to do obviously they're very experienced Everybody on this team is very experienced in terms of if it's not game time, they've obviously been here under the best and have learned the system um, or are adapting to Ruse's system should be pretty pretty easily. Uh, again, I think it's kind of what we talked about with the linebackers. We just have to see it. Since we haven't seen it, we just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we've we've had small sample size, right? We know what Roos can do. We know the talent in a very like, you know, uh, situational perspective. You know, we've seen what what they can do. But yeah, collectively, collectively, all together, uh, with you know, an entire off season um, there, you know, to work on things. How's that going to look? Um, you know, full off season now. You know, which you didn't get last year. So. Um, that's yeah that that, that that's going to be big you know we we saw i think we saw the clear difference after Roos took over we certainly saw it in the bowl game what's that carryover like you know and obviously yes new person under center 
um, after losing a uh, four-year starter in Shy Words. We will get to that in a second. Um, but but yeah, a lot of lot of changes there. Talent both on the field and on the sideline with the coaches. So with that, let's talk about one of those new coaches, N.G. Wade, new offensive line coach, returned four or five starters um, on the offensive line, uh, anchored by uh, senior, uh, fifth-year senior, or uh, yeah, yeah, t- taking, taking the COVID year, right, in uh, Aaron Dowdell. Um, so, so uh, yeah, kick us off there. No, experienced group. Um, according to Phil Still, we have 104 career starts back, which is a lot. Um, should be a very deep unit. Uh, I feel like the coaching staff has recruited this position group very, very well in terms that they're very big guys. They're, they should be able to move bodies around. Um, and that's what you want in a rushing offense, right? We've obviously led the nation, or not led the nation, but been top five in the nation rushing the past three years. Uh you looked. I looked down this. You know, Logan Langemeyer, uh, Crowder, Dowdell, Kelly, Brian Miller. There's not a weakness there. Tell me where the weakness is at in that offensive line and that starting five. And there's there's not one. Um, again, if that position groups holds up, we should really dominate the run game. Uh, the talents the, the ta- there. I mean, the yeah. The- the experience is there, and now, you know, with the new offensive line coach, now with Roos in charge, calling the plays, I think you're going to see some more crispness, some um, uh, better execution. You're going to see the splits, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and yeah, I, I'm, I'm really, really excited about yeah, this unit. I, I, I look at this unit, and I don't I don't see a weakness. It's like, oh, man, I, the, the left side is either all new or we got a new center we have to break in, or there's nothing in, in terms – of that, and even the depth that we have behind them are, are pretty good. So, this isn't something that I'm I'm really too concerned about, unless for some reason we just get hit really bad with an injury bug. But we should we should move the trenches. Um, I think what will is the biggest thing to see is as you mentioned with Coach Wade, um, is this a much more attacking line, right? Are they are they forcibly going out and jumping off this? hiking the ball and and pushing guys around and you get a Vic Cabral like vibe from him right watching which let's be honest you didn't always get with our previous offensive line coach so he was good I don't I don't don't want this podcast to to think that we're criticizing coach Hudson because I really thought coach Hudson coach Hudson coach Hudson was really good at coaching the offensive line. Maybe the philosophy on how the best wanted his line to to work and and to attack. Sure. Maybe we could we could go into that. But I thought for all the um, instability that the offensive line had prior to Lunchford taking over, Coach Hudson, I thought that did a fantastic job his three years here. Um, in terms of especially that first year getting everybody on the same page, getting them all worked together, translating a new offense, and then continuing that through three years that he was here. He did with the injury year of 19. Obviously, he had the unfortunate um, player that took his own life in the middle of all that. Mm. Yep. He handled a lot, and I thought he did it exceptionally, exceptionally well. I think when you look at Coach Wade, he's kind of kind of be the person that can say, okay, I can take – this is a great – starting foundation i should be able to take it to higher heights and and yeah and, and he's been successful and he everywhere has, he's and he been has. 
East Carolina, Middle Tennessee, Marshall, uh, came here from UT Martin in 2018, where he was the um, offensive coordinator and offense. Very different than ours, very much like air raid uh, style offense, but average over 400 yards per game um, and only allowed 19 sacks, which is huge yeah. um, in 11 games. So, so I, think, I think offensive line, we're in great hands. I think, you know, this isn't a, this isn't a case in which like it was for Coach Hudson who had like a group that was going through the what their fourth or fifth offensive line coach in four and five years or whatever right. it was when he took over. No, this is a solid group who's been coached well. Now I think Coach Way can get us to the to the next level. Next level, yeah. He inherits he inherits a good base yes. to work with. Yeah. Um yeah, no, great. Yeah, so I guess going from that, we want to do wide receivers, tight ends. Yeah, let's do that. Kind of bunch them together. Um, all right, so yeah, talking about that, I guess we can we can start uh, with tight ends and then kind of transition into wide receivers. Um, obviously, we've talked about tight ends in our last episode. Uh, Coach Roos, of course, came back uh, to Georgia Southern after 14-15 as our tight ends coach last year before um, – uh, taking over uh, for um, DeBess uh, for offensive coordinator duties. And uh, this was a unit that we saw improve a lot. You got Bo Johnson, you've got um, Sean Pelkinson, right, uh, from, from Pennsylvania uh, that stepped up in the few opportunities that he had, uh, both blocking and catching the football. Um, so, yeah, re- excited about that unit and how they fit in with a full year under Doug Roos and his offense. Yeah, I mean, we we talked at length about the tight ends in the last episode. Um, Bo Johnson, you know, he should be the starter of this group. Um, should we should look for big things with him? Uh, you obviously have uh, Sean uh, Pelkinson, who is again he may not have the speed that Bo Johnson has, but he has pass catching abilities. Is not going to be afraid to block and put somebody in the ground, um, which is both guys are just like that, which is what you need in the tight end position. Um, hmm. and again, just like nasty, yeah, just, yeah, nasty just like guys. Mean, nasty yes. grinding guys. Uh, yeah. again, to me, this group is deep. You even go to third, uh, Chase Hancock again, another yeah. guy. Now his pass catching abilities may drop off significantly after Johnson and Pelkinson, but as far as nastiness and putting somebody in the ground, he can do it just as well as the other two can. So this position group is solid. And, you know, it's yeah. just going to, you know, I, I'm not concerned. And I think this is going to be a theme when we go through all these groups that talent's there, speed's there, coaching's there. We just have to see it, and we'll get through that. And obviously when we get to the quarterback, there's going to be a, a lot more discussion into that. But, no, tight ends I think yeah. are great. Tight ends, fantastic group. Should should look for a lot. They should – Expect two to be on the field at at, at multiple times, well, well, right? During during I drives, mean, two, yeah. yeah I think, two I think maybe sets. yeah, getting down inside the red zone for sure, right? That's what we're gonna see them. Um, if you go back to fourteen and fifteen on a ruse, I think in between the twenties you'll see a lot of eleven personnel. Which for those who don't know, that's like one running back, one tight end. But look for when we get inside the red zone for there to be you get the bodies yeah, in. bigger buys for Hancock and Pelkinson and Johnson. Two of those three guys will probably be in as blockers, and you never know. Johnson may also be in there and wheel it on out for a touchdown pass. 
you know, these the these are weapons that that teams, you know, they're looking at. Oh gosh, we got JD King in there. We got Logan Wright in there. We got Najee Thompson. Right. We got JJ. Pick your pick your yeah. poison, and then it's that maybe even, to a defense, the fifth or sixth guy that you would who expect, we, we know, right? And that's and who who we target. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And had yeah had the Twitter conversation, um, you know, with one of the listeners about um, about the tight end position, and they were kind of making the. Um, I don't even know if it's kind of a bold claim. You know, I, I think it very much will come true with uh, Bo Johnson, you know, or or even Pelkinson or any of the other tight ends for that matter. Um, you know, they could very well lead the team in receptions. They could very well lead the team in touchdown, um, you know, receptions. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, for, for a lot of offenses, it might be if your tight end is leading, you know, <laughs> leading you in, in those statistical categories. Um, but for our offense that obviously we're, run base we're not going to throw the ball a lot but to have that safety valve especially breaking in you know newer uh, you know inexperienced quarterbacks um i think you'd very well could see um when you look at the end of the season in those uh major uh, you know receiving statistical categories see a bo johnson up there in a lot yeah. of them and that's a yeah. good thing that's a good thing yeah cool um moving on to wide receivers um as you mentioned, this is going to be awesome guys, Darion. Yeah. Darion Anderson, uh, you know, so yes, had some big losses, but you know, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but like with, with the X factor, uh, <laughs> uh, conversation like and breakout player conversation, I could go for that. There, there's a lot, there's a lot. Same with, same with running backs, but, um, you know, Let's just throw out Najee Thompson. Najee Thompson, you know, finally you talk you talk about like a, he's the Justin Bird song, right? Of of the offense of of a guy that played a lot of special teams, guy that you Did know he um, got his playing time, anything and everything, film room, yeah, uh, being vocal and energy on the sideline, right? Um, you know, personality, great follow on Twitter if you don't follow him. Um, but this is a guy he's gonna get reps he's going to get uh opportunities and i think he's going to shine just like a justin bird song on defense um you know obviously you know in addition to him you've got caleb hood which is the obvious one um you know a guy led led us last year right but um well, he had a 66 you know, yard touchdown run in the scrimmage yes you look for him he did. to be more involved in the running game and and the thing with that is yes look for him to be you know, very much like that Amari Jones that we alluded to earlier, that Swiss Army knife type, using multiple capacities. But also, you know, we saw him, we saw the Louisiana catch, we saw like the multiple big catches, and I think that will continue. But look for Caleb Hood to take that next step where he's, um, you know, he's he's more involved in the intermediate passing game, the short passing game, the run game, as you mentioned, right? So I I, I think he's primed for a big year um and then yeah take, take it from here, here yeah, and, and I was talk gonna about, about something like Najee Thompson you know you look if you see a defense creeping in he's gonna be the guy that you can just say all right just go and he can beat the corner beat the safety and he can be 10 yards wide open fairly quickly uh he's gonna force defenses to have to play back and not just immediately step forward and attack our, our running game which is huge uh, you look at Caleb Hood, you just said, you know, in the slot position, obviously he's a great receiver. In Ruse's offense, he's going to be used a lot probably in motion. 
uh, used as a pitch guy, obviously, in the scrimmage game. You, you heard about or read about the, the touchdown run that he had. Uh, that's how I think Ruse is going to look for different ways to get him the ball, whether passing, running, pitching. Obviously, he's going to be on special teams in some sort of return capacity. This kid's a playmaker. He's going he's gonna to be a guy that when he hits the ball in his hands, he could take it to the house just like that. I think in the last episode, I think Danny Reed put it put it pretty – or last episode, last Eagle Nation podcast that they had. Sorry. Danny Reed put it, put it pretty, pretty great that this is probably the fastest team that he's seen as far as offense goes since 2015. And I think that should probably get a lot of people a lot of confidence. And when you start looking at these perimeter players and your running backs and your quarterbacks, I think you know there's speed everywhere. Even even Bo Johnson is a pretty is a really fast guy. There's nowhere where you can say, oh, that guy's slow or average, and and he's not going to force a defense to really stretch him out or anything like that. No, everybody on this team is fast. Everybody on this team can take it to the house. And it's just going to be great to see how Ruse incorporates that in the offense and how he can really pick apart defenses. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Cool. So no, um, no, we forgot one receiver because this is a guy that we have to talk about before we move on to running backs. And that's J.J. McAfee. The JUCO, okay. the JUCO yeah. transfer from, yeah. from Georgia military. He's a big body guy. Who's not going to get like you know you're you're going to look at like on defense Johnson from from Oregon the kid from North Carolina right you're not necessarily going to like hone in on this guy but yeah go ahead go to he may be he may get one two catches here for six seven yards or whatever but he's going to be instrumental on perimeter blocking setting the edge having those guys that we just mentioned as well as the running backs break those big yard runs he's going to be a name that. He may not have the statistics that you see at the end of the game, but he's going to be a big, big cog in this offense, and he's going to be a huge reason why we're either successful or that we're not. I think this is a he's a big body kid, 6'3", 6'4", 215, 220. He's, corners are not going to be able to get past him. Once when he puts his hands on the corners, he's going to push them out the way. He could probably take on some linebackers, to be honest with you. That's how big this kid is. Yeah. Um, so he is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, and then look for him on maybe like 50-50 balls. He's a tall kid, yeah. big kid. He could body himself, maybe not be able to out-jump, but he could position his body in a way like you would think of a basketball player rebounding to where he can he can catch the ball in a high-leverage situation, maybe touchdown red zone situation. So look for him to be a, a, a guy who may not show up in the stat page when you look at the, the newspaper the next day. But if you watch the game, you're going to be like, that guy is a huge reason why we just beat a team by three touchdowns. He could be like our Kyle Pitts. Yeah, like you said, like he's 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 that guy that, yeah, could just muscle balls in and and and, and make the plays when he gets the targets, like always capitalize on it, right? And um and yeah, I mean, it, it, again, the the move, you know, him transferring in is not necessarily going to move the needle a lot of, you know, um, the way some of these other transfers might. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's a great, great insight there. All right. Now we can go on. All right. So we'll move from that to by far, not even argument, deepest (laughs) unit, not just on offense, but just across the board and always 
is pretty much since we've done this podcast. At least that's been the case. Um, but this might be, and we, I, I, it seems like a broken record because we say this every year. But I truly believe, um, without a without a shadow of a doubt, this is the deepest this running back unit has been. Um, yes. And uh, let's talk about these running backs, Cody. So um, obviously, uh, you know that that starts with your two seniors. Um, with your two seniors, yeah. So with and, and Logan Wright and JD King, um, and uh, talk about guys that just pay their dues, done everything the right way. Like um, obviously JD King rebounding from the the knee injury, um, you know, close to a hundred percent. Obviously has been limited through the off season. Um, did not play in the scrimmage, but expected no, he to be in back. Oh, he yeah, did play yeah, in the scrimmage. He scored I, like I, I a touchdown. Back. I don't know if he played a lot, but he did. I know that he scored a right. touchdown. Okay, so, um, so they're obviously limited in, in spring. Like, he yeah, should be did, ready to yeah. Go start a season. Yeah. Right. So, you know, with with him, um, you know, second leading rusher on the team, obviously Bashat, uh, behind Shy Words, uh, who had uh, 720 yards um, total. Uh, J.D. King, 625. Logan Wright, uh, just behind at 602. Um, four touchdowns to J.D. King's five. These are your two... Um, just grinders. I mean, these are your two, you know, you talk about like thunder and lightning. These are your thunder on the dive play, but also you've got, you've got like Logan Wright that can bust those plays too. And we, and we saw that. Well, and he has um, great hands. I, I forgot how well he could he catch does. the ball. I was rewatching the FAU game um, from, from last year and he caught a couple of, of passes from Tomlin and he looked really good doing it. Um, he's just not a power back that you see between the tackles. He can obviously do that. He's huge. Same with J.D. King, um, even though they think they said that J.D. King's gotten a, lost a little bit of, of, of weight, but that's kind of expected when you go through a major knee surgery. Um, right. But both these guys are in between tackles, guys, run downhill, run hard, run fast. Um, but look for kind of right to maybe have a, a passing element as well. He has the hands for it. I would not be surprised if you see him in a wheel route or two throughout the season or in a situation in which, you know, that catches a defense by surprise. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah. And then, and then from there, I mean, again, you know, like it, the, the biggest, I guess, question mark, if there was one with this unit is spreading the ball out, like, like, like share, sharing yeah. the wealth. Right. And, and yeah. So, I mean, we can, I guess from then it's like, where do you go? You got Gerald Green. Um, you know, yes, you lose Wes Kennedy, um, but then we talk we talk about Amari Jones and how he's going to fit in this offense and where exactly he fits in this offense. Is it wide receiver? Is it um, running back? Is it quarterback? Uh, quarterback? Um, you know, obviously returning punts like we mentioned earlier. Um, you know, and, and it very well, the, the answer is probably what, like E, <laughs> that all, all the above. Um, but you know, so 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 that's a guy that I think very much fills that kind of West Kennedy role in some respects. Um, Gerald Green. Um, you know, you've uh, you obviously lose Matt LaRoche, um, but bring in Amari Jones that helps supplement that. Um, and then you've got your younger guys that we saw very limited action from last year, but a lot of hype around them, rightly so. Um, in uh, your Jalen Whites. Right. Um, and um, yeah, so I mean, it, it's just the. Yeah, let's let's kind of summarize this because you can. Yeah, because you kind of yeah. rambled off. 
All right, so we talked about Logan Wright and J.D. King, and, and they're the, the, the bell cows, right? They're, they're, they set the stage. They're the leaders. They're the seniority, um, consistent guys, right? We talked about Logan Wright being six-yard guy because he seems like every game he averages six-yard a carry, which is great. Um, you look at kind of like your speedsters with Amari Jones and with Gerald Green, right? We saw Gerald Green kind of quickness in the bowl game. Uh, what was it? Also, uh, Troy, right, where he broke off the big sixty-yard mm-hmm. touchdown run or sixty-six-yard touchdown run. Yeah. And that game, a young man, he has to me explosive talent. If you get him in space, uh, he's gonna take it to the house. Uh, and then with Amari Jones, again, like you said, kind of a do-it-all player. He can line up in slot. He can line up into running back in the backfield. He can even take a snap or two here or there. Um, this is a guy who I would foresee to see in multiple positions throughout the entire game and is going to kind of, they mentioned kind of like a, a wildcat maybe play or two here, but I think it's kind of much more than that, right? You know, yeah. I wouldn't put it past the coaching staff to have this young man as like a, a COVID backup in case you have like a huge, you know, you know, two or three guys wiped out. Well, he can step in and they can feel pretty confident that he can run the offense, at least not just skin and bones to a certain degree. Um, So he's kind of, those are kind of like your two speedster guys, explosive um, on the edge perimeter. And Joe Green, it's not just a perimeter guy. He he could run it up the middle, almost like Pal Brito was. Remember, small, but quick. Uh, I was going to say Jalen White fits in that category as well. He's kind of your do everything. Now Jalen White is going to be, I think, Everything, power and speed. You hear about how he's just bowling guys over. You look on social media, and this guy just looks like a tank. Uh, he, I, he just looks the part, right? He just looks the part of superstar running back. And you just—is it going to be this year that he makes his name known, or is it going to be next year? I just—that's to me. That's the question with Jalen White. Which which season is yeah. it? This year or next year? True, because one yeah. of these two seasons, he's going to take over. Correct. Yes, he he is the future, no doubt. Very much. Which what we'll get into here in a second. I feel at, at least from the quarterback position and a Cam Ransom, like he he is that that future. He is that de facto. Like it is going to happen at some point. Just when exactly? Yeah. The, the question is when, when it's going to happen. Um, six foot two fifteen. Like you said, to put on some weight and muscle in the in the off season. Um, out of small high school in Alabama, we've talked about him before. Well, yeah, the last Alabama season, record, right? right for rushing or something. Yeah, holds that Alabama high school record for rushing. Led the nation, the entire nation, um, in rushing his senior year. Um, USA All American. Um, you know, uh, yeah, eleven games, thirty five hundred rushing yards, thirty five hundred yep. rushing yards. That wasn't. That that was in one season, um, and and, uh, and 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 yeah, and, and and the hype is real. I mean, you know, you talk about a gym diamond in the rough type guy, overlooked uh, because of the the talent he played against and in the division he played in Alabama. Um, but uh, this guy looks the part. Um, plays the part um, in limited action last year, right? I think got what his first 
uh, snaps and handoffs against Georgia State. Um, did some good things with it. I think what dealt with uh, an injury, um, but uh, really excited to see how he fits in yeah. <clears throat> to this whole running back room puzzle. Um, and <clears throat> just you know, I guess I guess the takeaway here is like don't be necessarily, you know. Alarm! We have so much talent to go around. We do. Like, don't be alarmed that if he doesn't get just a ton of touches, um, that doesn't mean that you know he's not living up to the hype or anything like that. Yeah. Um, it just means you know there, there's there's other talent in the room. Um, but sooner or later, he's gonna be the guy, um, and everyone, not just us, not just listeners of this podcast. Everyone across Sun Belt and probably everyone across the nation is gonna know the name. Jay yeah, Lee. I I see that as well, and. You know, you, you alluded to it earlier. The biggest question is how does Ruse spread out this ball amongst this group? Because a lot of times it is 11 personnel. Um, we may see some two running backs grouping out there. Don't know. Um, but who is it? You know, is it JD or Logan or is, you know, Geo Green? The tough thing is, is that all five of these guys could be starting running backs and probably on just about any group of five team right now i mean for sure i mean and probably Definitely and probably, a, Bell, lot of, probably, probably a lot of a lot of your lower tier power five schools if you want to be quite honest with I you agree. um if in phil Stills book i think he has our running back group as like a top uh, either number 14 or number 15 in the nation that's how highly yeah. he thinks of our running back group and i agree with that this is a top 20 running back group across all college football and it is very deep is very talented, and just because, you know, Jill Green or Logan Wright or somebody isn't getting the ball as much as you hope, it's probably because J.D. King or Jalen White or it's Amari for good Jones reasons, is probably yeah. getting a lot of scores and a lot of yards, and it's just, all right, let's just, your guy or whoever you're hoping for, be patient because, you know, they're coming. It's just that we're just really deep this year. Um but that's a good thing to have. That's a, that's a good problem to have for this team. And it just means that not just this year we're going to be good in that group. Next year and the seasons after, we should be really deep as well. Yeah. And, and I mean, case in point um, to what you just said, J.D. King, you know, so with our running backs not just starting anywhere in, in some belt or group of five, but – Power five. I mean, obviously, JD King came from Oklahoma State. Yep. Um, we saw, you know, very, very much a, an Amari Jones type situation there, right? Where he got a lot of touches, made a lot of things happen, had really good stats, um, didn't get as many reps, you know, the following year, ended up to him uh, transferring. Obviously, there was personal reasons, other things that play there, right? Um, being closer to home. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd like, I, I think without a doubt, you know, that, that top tier of our running back room um, could could certainly start anywhere in the Sun Belt, most group of five schools, mo- you know, uh, probably a handful of Big 12 schools, Pac-12 schools, you know, you name it. So um, just super excited yeah. about this group. Yeah. Again, it's it's just spread the wealth. And then how and – and I do. I, I, I certainly believe Roos is the best person – because we've seen it, he's proven it that, that he can be right um, to figure that equation yeah, out I, of, I of, of of how to yeah. yeah yeah cool so quarterbacks yep. I, think, I think I think I think we've we've made it we've made it um, 
so yeah, uh, yeah, hour and hour and twenty minutes in, we're at quarterbacks. Obviously, we we spent a good amount of time on this um, in the last episode, taking the Twitter questions. What like four out of the five or six quarterback questions focused? We're quarterback driven, quarterback focused. Um, but it's obviously, I mean, for 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 good reason. Um, you know, with, with outside looking in, whether you're Sunbelt Media, whether you're um, group of five media or, or other, um, that's, that's, that's the biggest question mark. That's the big, you know, um, then you throw in the wrinkle and the recent news that we covered in the last episode, Justin Tomlin, um, you know, by all accounts, de facto starter coming in, obviously the James Graham situation, but <clears throat> Tomlin coming in as a starter, QB one, then it comes out that he's missing the first two games of the season for academic reasons. Um, it throws everything on his head. So let's talk about quarterbacks. Yeah, um, let's talk about not to not to spin the wheels of what we did in the last episode. But uh, Cody, I'll let I was you gonna go. say, yeah, I don't, I don't want to get too much in depth. I think there's something that I really want to talk about, but we'll do that kind of after all. We just go through these these guys. Um, Tomlin, Ransom, Kinnerson, Amari Jones, somewhere in that mix. Uh, and then you have the the transfer from Army Point Prep or West Point Prep. Um, this is a this is a deep talented quarterback room. They don't have yeah. the playing time, obviously. They don't have the game experience, but all these quarterbacks are very very talented in their own way. Um, I think you look at Tomlin; he's kind of the the obviously the most game experience. Uh, he to me is the best leader um, in terms of running the offense that we have. Um, may not have the strongest arm. I think if you, to me, I think Cam Ransom has the strongest arm as far as just velocity on the ball. Um, yeah. But Tomlin to me has the better touch. You look at yes. putting a ball in the corner of the end zone or just a deep ball in general. I think Tomlin kind of has that advantage. Um, Tomlin to me is, is going to be the starter at Arkansas unless Ken Ransom just, does some incredible stuff the first blows yeah it blows it out of the water the first two games um which he very well could he very well could um he's he's a huge bodied young man uh just again uh, you can't oh my a, gosh a, a physical specimen that we have not exactly. seen at georgia southern in, in a long and time give in credit a long, long to time. the strength and conditioning coach because I feel like we we talk about this. I feel like we've said this about a lot of players on this team. C.J. Wright, you look. He's again. He was. We didn't even say that he was on the uh, athlete freak list for the athletic. You look at um, uh, Daryl Baker, where we talked about. You looked at uh, uh, Ken Ransom. He's a he's a again just solid, just built, just what six three two twenty something like that. Um, yeah. Again, that's as big as linebackers. I mean, he's. I mean, you're gonna try to take him down. No, you don't see that. You just don't. So, and then you You dig dig back in the files to Antonio Hinton, (laughs) the transfer from Ohio State under the in the hatch. I don't even think he played. Um, Did he? He played. No, he played. He got yeah. He got beat out by. um, I couldn't remember. Low. What by 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 low? Okay. Uh, Billy Billy Billy, Low. I believe. Yeah. So, and then this gets to Sam Kinnerson who I think by all accounts, I think his third string looking at it um, will probably split a fair amount of reps with Ransom in the first two games, or at least in the first game. And for those who are, are, I just want to kind of highlight the talent that's here because I don't think a lot of people realize it. Sam Kinnerson 
on 247 coming out of high school had a higher rating than Cam Ransom did. Okay. And if you look at Sam Kenderson, I think he has a higher rating than just about any other starting QB in the Sun Belt coming out of high school outside of three QBs, which is the App State, uh, the Duke Clemson transfer, uh, the Missouri yeah. transfer to uh, Troy, who I think was like a four star, and then uh, um, uh, Brantley or Bentley, sorry, uh, Bentley, the, Bentley uh, at South Alabama, South which again Alabama, I think was yeah. another what, four what, star. What about Rich Rod? Uh, Rich no, Rod's he was son. a three star, like eighty one. Kinnerson yeah. was like an eighty five. Um, again, and that's higher than uh, five nine one seventy yeah, five. That's the difference. Yeah, there. It, true. It, you're gonna have the knock on his height and his weight, but this young man is a he's a athlete he's a he, he can make people miss from all accounts they say that he's a stud he can just just do unreal things on the football field so if that's our third string quarterback i don't see in my head why is there such a concern a large uh, drop uh, i mean yes are we replacing a four-year this starter? might be the most right yeah yeah, yeah uh, i was about okay. to say replace a four-year starter you doesn't, replace doesn't you replace starters often. all the time right it's not always a four-year starter but it's usually two sometimes three right. but these things they happen in college football i don't Very i tough. don't understand i think a lot of the criticism that coach lunchford's getting right now about well why didn't you play tomlin more well because you had freaking shy words as your quarterback you know you can't coach right. for the next season you have to coach for the game that's on saturday for this week you have to coach for the next right. game so if you're going to say shy words can be a better shot to win this game than Justin tomlin does you got to go with shy words you just can't yeah. run tomlin out there just because you want him to have experience to, for when he starts or possibly hedge, hedge your bets for the for, future head, yeah. you can't do that you can't do that i agree so you, you don't see it. Look, look, look at your top tier, no, you don't top echelon, it. your Alabamas, your yeah, you uh, you know, um, uh, Ugalele or whatever at, at at Clemson. He plays because uh, Lawrence is hurt, right? I mean, like like and and yeah, you're hearing about these guys now that are stepping in, um, you know, him at, at Clemson, but uh, you know the uh, the guy at uh, Ohio State and the the kid from Alabama, the well, highest you recruited, at, you know, you Justin know, Fields, who had you know yeah. just a he just did not play very well. He's put in probably positions at UGA that was not very high for him to succeed in, right? You know, you think about the fake punt against Alabama in the, in the championship game. There, right? He transfers to Ohio State. Not really a lot of playing experience from UGA, but he steps in right away and he's he's a winner. He takes them, uh, oh gosh, did they make the playoffs that year? I think they did. His first year. Um, so, I don't think we need to worry or start just saying, oh, well, because we don't have a quarterback that started 20 games the last two seasons, that we automatically means that we're going to lose. That's not the case. That's what a lot of pundits want to sit there and say in their preseason rankings to sell magazines and to say to justify why this young man's going to be better than this other guy and all these QB ratings and whatever. But right. and I'll give you a, a conference example from last year. Uh, the quarterback from uh, Coastal, he was a redshirt freshman who hadn't played yeah. a snap. And you look what he did at, at Coastal, right? Yeah. By all accounts, from our fans, a lot of our fans out there, oh, that shouldn't have happened, right? You should have. They should have had a down year because they started a redshirt freshman quarterback. Not they almost went undefeated um, in their in their season last year. So yeah. let's 
pump the brakes on the whole quarterback calamity that sky is sky falling, is falling yeah. because Lunsford didn't look we're we're not saying that losing a four year starter is shy words so we're not yeah, saying exactly, that losing yes. shy words is not yeah. a big hit of course it is we spent a whole episode talking about it and the legacy that he's leaving here right but it, it it doesn't mean the sky is falling. Like we 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 potentially have a deeper quarterback room now than we did last year with with Shy Wirtz at the helm. Like I mean, it, it that's now experience wise, no experience wise, of course not. But but talent wise, yes. And and you know, and all all it takes is a couple reps and a couple games. Everyone forgets about yeah. that. And then you know, um, you know, good. Uh, you get a couple good starts under, you know, uh, Tomlin more consistently, or whether it's Cam Ransom or whether it's Kenderson stepping in, and everyone will forget that yeah. um, of, of the lack of experience. So it's it's the, the the talent is there. Where you know we said last year it was probably the deepest uh, quarterback room that we've had. This year, I think just like the running back uh, room holds true. I th- I think even losing shy words, I think we're extremely deep and talented at the quarterback position. I really do. And um, experience again, no, but but that will come with time. And 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 that's a, just a general. Um, that's a that's a normal transgression. Yeah, and right? I think the the question that we have to ask ourselves is. Do we believe the offensive system that Doug Roos is going to implore this season or implement this season, do we believe it's going to be successful? If we believe that, then regardless of who the quarterback is, Ransom, Tomlin, Kennerson, Jones, somebody else, we should be very, very competitive simply because of the talent that we have at running back and, and receiver. Um. But I honestly think I, Tomlin and Ransom, whoever kind of, whoever takes control of that, we're gonna be we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be very happy at the end of the season. I I, I just think so. Um, now, do I think Ransom beats out Tomlin by the time Arkansas gets here? I don't know about that, but I think there's a good possibility that that could be the case. And, and again, don't count out. I know it's a cop out, but don't count out the two quarterback system. No, don't. You know, if, 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 like, depending on where we're at after two games, you know, let's hope it's two and oh, but let's say it's one and one. God forbid it's oh and two. Um, you know, it going into Arkansas, I think that obviously in, in, in the quarterback play, of course, there as well. You know, let's say we'd, uh, we, we'd be Gardner Webb as expected. It's a close game against FAU. Let's say the offense plays really well, but the defense doesn't, right? Um, <clears throat> you you got a lot of question marks. Don't rule out, like, obviously, uh, a, a Sam Kenderson or um, a Cam Ransom splitting duties no. with yeah, exactly. Justin Tomlin. Does that mean that Tomlin starts over one of the other guys? Or I don't know, and I don't think it really matters. You know, I, but, but like, I, I, like it did that body of work in those first two games from the quarterback position – I think that's going to help dictate what happens in the Arkansas game. Um, you know, how ready is Tomlin to step in? You know, like it's is he looking good enough in practice to step in? Yeah, um, I think Tomlin. Then, I think yeah. Tomlin steps in. the The thing is going to be is Gardner Webb between Ransom and Kennerson. Is can anyone distinguish themselves as being head and shoulders separate, better, separate themselves, themselves from yeah. the other one? And 
it's a good way to get in quality reps before you go in and, and face a, a quality opponent in, in FAU. You know, Gardner-Webb, you know, we should beat them by all accounts. It should be a glorified it scrimmage. We be. know what happened last year but against Campbell. Get, yes, we had their, thirty-three players yeah, out. They yeah. should get their feet wet. You know, as long yes. as as long as we show up fully staffed and prepared, and right. everybody's there to play. Um, which we'll get more into, I guess, the vaccination issue in the next episode. Um, then, then we should handle that game, and it's a good game to get Kenderson and Ransom's feet wet to get them. Okay, this is the atmosphere you're gonna. This is Statesboro. This is this is how rowdy the crowd's gonna be. You know, this mm. is you kind of get them used to it to where that game now yeah, that. now they understand what it's like. Now they have a feeling for how to to proceed forward, and you know, FAU, that's gonna be a, you know a tough road environment to go down into Florida. Um. That's that's not going to be the easiest games to go down there and play, but hopefully we see progress against what they always say the the biggest progress you see between week one and week two. So there Correct. should be some progress made between between those two games. See how they do against FAU. Again, Here, here's here's a question for you that I'm sure like a lot of our listeners are probably thinking about right, and and that's whether it's whether it's Kenerson or or Cameron or or someone else, but let's just say those two for game one against Gardner Webb, they come out of the gate and they're they're hot. They're meeting expectations. They're just, you know, running through them, driving down the field, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Like at, at what point in that game do you split time to see what the other one has? Or do you just like keep with a hot hand, let them go, then that's the guy moving into FAU. If everything stays consistent, then that's the person you have to have that. I think you kind of make it a game within a game, right? So like – Let's just say Ransom beats Kennerson out, and he's like, "All right, you're the you're the quote unquote starter, but we right. are gonna switch you in and out." Um, you know, tell them up front, "Hey, if you lead us down to score a touchdown or a field goal, then you get to go back in there the next series." You know, if the that series you don't lead us to a score, well, then the next guy goes in there. Or okay, or, you set that precedent kind of early. Yeah, and then you kind of set okay, can I make it a competition within the game? Who who if you can keep us scoring and keep the the offense rolling, well then we're not going to take you out because you're obviously doing your job. Um, well, because obviously it becomes more easily yeah. in, in theory the longer the game exactly. goes, right? Because and, and like Gardner Webb's going to get tired. Yeah, if we're up, let's say you know. Um, wishful thinking right four scores for something in the first half like at that point let's say ransom took all the snaps then you put in yeah, Sam Kinderson. Can... well that's not really a fair evaluation of Kinderson at that point like taking over to a defeated team already right that like but but yeah like i i like what you said of like maybe doing something like that where it's like look like we're we're doing this on a rotation this is very much like a dress rehearsal um, for you and yeah you lead us down for points keep at it otherwise pass and I think ball. it also has to do with who is more comfortable with the playbook and who's more comfortable with more plays right like let's say Ransom's only comfortable with 20% and Kenderson's comfortable with like 50 to 75% of the playbook which is more likely which is more likely the case at this point I think that's a big big issue or, or a big deciding factor that us fans aren't gonna know and We'll get more into that in our next episode as we preview Gardner Webb too, because that obviously will be less focused on Gardner Webb, like less focused on the opponent, and more focused on just like we did with Campbell, 
um, what we like to see out of that game. You know, what, what like, uh, tempo-wise, changes in offense, how much like of the... Like Campbell was. <laughs> it shouldn't be, but but I'm, I'm saying, like, the, the pre... The preview, at least, well, yeah, um, with you know, with it, it's it's more about us and less the opponent. Where it's how much of the playbook are we going to show? Um, you know, how what what type of plays, passing versus running, like what are we looking at ratio? Um, you know, obviously with this is the quarterback well, I th- situation. I think if it's with, let's just the, say it's ransom that starts. I think you start off with a base playbook, right? Make sure he understands the fundamentals. Make sure he understands how to do the easy things correctly and without error in the game. If he can do that, then proceed him to, to, to increase the the difficulty in his knowledge and see kind of how he adjusts to it and, and, and go from there. Uh, I think, again, the for the academic issue to occur in the suspension for Tomlin, is it is it, a, is it kind of a downer? Of course it is. But it to me, the first two games couldn't be a better dress rehearsal for these two young men that have a shot of really – you know, separating themselves as the number two guy or even really pushing the coaches to, to really think about if they want to start Tomlin against Arkansas or not. Yeah, and I, well, I, and I think that's the concern of the fan base too, right? Is now Obviously, the FAU game um, is, is, is in no way a gimme, you know, especially going down there. But in, it, but in the grand scheme of but, things of conference championship, it's not going to matter. Right, like, correct, like, like it's, it's great to have but that, that Arkansas win. game. We really want, so I think it's that yeah. lead in, it's that two game lead in, and getting in the best position to finally get that elusive P five win, which which is possible. And I think it's a very different conversation, right? Let's just say Tomlin is the is the starter. There's, there, you know, he's not missing the first two games. Um, uh, of course, we have that talent behind him that can fill in the gaps, but like he's going in. How does that confidence level change? Um, you know, saying, okay, obviously you see how things play out, right, in the first two games. But, like, I don't know. I, I feel like there is a significant change in confidence level where it's, okay, Tomlin comes in as long as he meets expectations, you know, runs to Gardner-Webb, beats FAU, performs well. We're in a solid position to finally get that win against a Power 5 opponent, against an SEC opponent, and – you know, and, and knock off. See, I already, I already have like, that confidence in him because he should have had that P five win against Minnesota. Against Minnesota, he, but that's he, what I'm saying. Like, but like, but him, but him starting with that first game, that's very different now, right? Yeah, like, I, I like, understand yeah. that you want to see him, you know, with the first two games, see him run it effectively, and see kind of, you know, hopefully the explosive and attack, you know, attacking offense under Ruse, and really see that excel under Tomlin. But again. It seems out of fall camp, spring ball, Tomlin has this. Like the, he's the starter. He is the guy, and that I agree. It's just gonna be really interesting to see what is. happens in those yeah. first two games. Because it because it's almost like as a fan, what are you rooting for? Like obviously, yes, you're rooting for us to win, and and and, and not and not. Oh be no no no! Wider, see that's right? that's an easy question. You you're rooting for whoever, Kinnerson or Ransom, whoever it is that starts. You root for them to do as best as they can. And if that means that they blow Gardner Webb out by sixty points, and it's like a seventy to seven score at the end of the game, and then we beat FAU by by three or four touchdowns, that that is the best position as a fan that we can be in because sure. because but then but then let's say for whatever reason the coaches have makes a decision, the coaching staff is you know that that you know that they're 
um, in position to make, and Tomlin starts against Arkansas, and we lose by four scores. Like there, there's a lot. There's some pitchforks. No, I, no, there's not pitchforks. I no, I don't think there's pitchforks. Um, I think it sets it up for that to to happen very soon. If I don't know, I think it's a slippery slope. Like it, it's just it's a it's a. I'm not saying like we obviously. I'm not saying we wish for failure or wish for mediocrity or whatever out of those first two games, right? Yes, we want the wins. Um, and, and we want them in dominant fashion. I mean, why wouldn't you as a fan, right? But for the coaching staff, it creates a really interesting um, dilemma. It's a good uh, you dilemma. Know, because you wanna, you, it's you a good dilemma. Of course it dilemma is. dilemma than to have a one-and-one one after those first two games and neither one of those guys play very well. Or a 0-2 oh going in going in cold with a top. Yeah. You know, like. yeah. See, so I understand how – yeah, there could be some internal strife amongst the fan base as far as, well, no, you should start, you know, this QB or this QB or whatever. But that's honestly what you want. You want the QB to to play so well in the first two games that it's a real hard discussion. It's a good problem to, to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah between yeah. that person and Tomlin. That's what you want. That's what you strive for. And as I say, competition, iron, iron sharpens iron, man sharpens man they're going to push each other to, to, to be the best. And if the coaching staff feels Tomlin gives them the best shot to win, then Tomlin should be the, 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 the man out there. If they feel like Ransom is that person or Kenshin is that person, that should be the, yeah. the, the, the quarterback out there. I mean, I'm, I made the analogy earlier of the Jalen White versus the Cam Ransom, and I mean, I, I stick with that. I think, I think, you know, I, I think all of this with that, with the talent ahead of them and, However, this shakes out, which uh, no one can predict. You know, we, I mean, even the coaching staff, because there's still things yet to be determined, right? Um, but, like, I think however this shakes out, that it is going to be good for those in waiting. Yeah. Okay. So, right. So, like, uh, like for your Jalen Whites, like, if, if he still gets, you know, chances are he's going to get more um, carries than he did last year, of course. Right. Um, not, not hard to break that. Um, but is, is he going to get what he ultimately wants? Probably not. Is Cam Ransom ultimately going to get the amount of snaps that he wants? You know, he, he wants to prove himself. He's a hunger young kid, um, as a true freshman. But he still has a lot to learn. If you're going to, if you're going to ask me, who do I trust in a, in an SEC stadium environment in the middle of September, I'm going to go with Tomlin. He's had the experience of being in a, you know, Big Ten stadium in the middle of September um, mm-hmm. against a very good Minnesota team, right? You, you know, Bateman, you know, he, he would be starting for the Ravens if he hadn't injured himself. Um, so, you know, this is a great problem to have. I think it's Tomlin unless something they just go crazy scoring in the first two games. I think Tomlin's going to be the guy in Arkansas. Uh, but you, you really get to see, I think, kind of, you know, the future in these first two games. And you really get to you see, do. wow, just how kind of bright this team, this future of this team is, um, regardless of if it's Kenderson or if it's Ransom. Uh, they're, th- they're, both, they're both fantastic athletes. The thing to keep in mind about the 2019 season, which, you know, Obviously, you know, uh, Tomlin gets playing time against LSU. Uh, with Wurtz getting hurt, he gets playing time. He starts against Maine, beats them 26-18, uh, then should have beaten Minnesota. Um, not his fault. 
Um, and uh, yeah, 35-32. But, you know, that was the third game of the season. It was a kind of a gradual lead up to that. I, I think that that's going to be the interesting thing, I think, here is that depending on how it shakes out with Kenderson and Cam Ransom or, or whoever else, <clears throat> for that matter, um, in those first two games and how they play, you know, you just just what that, happens in that Arkansas I could, game. I could play devil's advocate and say that Tomlin in that Minnesota game was down two or three offensive linemen or starting offensive linemen. He didn't have the weapons that he has now, right? You have Logan Wright. J.D. Yeah. King was still trying to catch up the offense because – he had literally just found out he could play like the week before LSU, so he wasn't really a big factor in the offense at that point. True. Um, your tight end was what Cam Brown. Well, I'll be honest with you: if Cam Brown was on this team right now, he probably would be fourth string behind. Yeah, I was about to say Cam, third. Yeah, at least, at least third or fourth. Third or fourth yeah. yeah. So you're right. If Tomlin has a, a, a healthy offensive line full of of experience. Better starters, more weapons at the receiver and running back and tight end positions. That sets up a lot, lot better for him than it did at Minnesota. And again, Minnesota was better. And and it was, you know, it's further travel. This is really his first road game that he ever had. Mm -hmm. I think. Looking at this and looking how the schedule sets up, I really am excited about this Arkansas game. You can't tell me that our defense can't show up against Arkansas when they showed up for nearly two and a half, three quarters against Clemson when they won the national championship. Mm -hmm. They showed up against Minnesota, who finishes a top 15 team, and beat Auburn in their bowl game. um, And quite frankly, just got gassed out at the end of the game. Um even though third and 30 and fourth and eight still is just, oh, that still just irks me to, to, to relive that and to think about that game. This, this team, regardless if it's two and oh or one and one, they should have the confidence when they walk into Arkansas that, that they can win that game. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, and you're, and you're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves to the next episode. We are, with we are, we are, but I was going to say you're talking about a team that obviously like, likes to run the football um you know i mean they, they pass a good bit too but like it, it i like i i think we're well positioned to limit them i mean you know they they averaged uh what 25 points a game um last year so you know 87th in the nation so like i i think we're well positioned to limit them offensively um and whoever's there behind center as long as they leverage which is a good segue in um, to kind of like our, I think our final point that we can make before we close this one out um, is that it, it doesn't have to necessarily be a shy words in a creator in a what we talked about with Sam Kitterson like yeah. that potential of yeah. being like a game changer. We don't have to have that Jason Foster game changer type guy um, that we relied on heavily at sometimes um in the shy words where it, when everything breaks down because we have the talent yep. and experience around that position around the quarterback position in the four starters on the offensive line in the running back room that we talked yeah, they about don't have to in the wide receivers now in the tight ends mm-hmm. and in the play calling and scheming and strategy and game planning of the offensive coordinator and doug roos we have all of that collectively 
we just need someone that can go out there and execute. Yep. They don't have to be they don't have to lead the stat line every game. They don't have to make sports center top ten plays, um, or, you know, highlight real plays. They just have to go out and execute. We talked about the J Bo Shaw um analogy reference, you know, if you, uh, I think in the last episode, right? It's that I mean, we 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 need we need that guy that could be a Justin Hamlin, that could be a Cam Ransom, that could be a Sam Kinnerson. They could be more than that, and it's great if they are. Um, if if they're yet another weapon that's a home run threat that's leading the stat line, that just makes us even better. But we just need that guy that can distribute the ball, not turn the ball over, and make smart decisions with the football. And that's it. And it's not a simple thing, of course, but they don't have to be. It's not. It's not them or nothing. You know, it like they have so much around them, so much support around them um, to help them out, which wasn't always the case. No, it was with past teams. Mm-mm. No, and that's that's a that's to me that's a great way to end it. Is that the whoever it is, the quarterback, Tomlin, Ransom, Kenderson, whoever, they have weapons around them at their disposal, and that they don't have to feel like the weight of the world is on their shoulders every time they go out there in the offense. They can trust the weapons around them, and they should be able to trust the offensive linemen to block and to open up the gaps and the holes for for the big plays, the explosive plays. Um, again, I'm excited about this, this team. I think, Matt, you seem pretty excited about this team. I just want to find them. I'm, I just I'm cautiously see, optimistic. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great way. To, cautiously optimistic. That's a great way to put it. Uh, this this is this is a solid group. Just can we put it together? It is. Yeah, it is. It's 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 the 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 base infrastructure is there. Maybe more so than it has been in in the past years, even in the Lunsford years. You know, um, leading up to this, yes, there's a lot of changes. Yes, there's some question marks. But like, I I I don't. And 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 that's where you're gonna lose those outside of the program. That's where you're going to lose, you know, you're just the people that just cover Sunbelt or the people that cover group of five, the people that just cover college football, right? <laughs> Even your Phil Stills. Like that, like that we're going to be overlooked. We're going to be a coastal Carolina where like, no, no one's going to really pay attention to us because there are so many question marks. But if you know this team, if you know this coaching staff, if you know the talent that's there, the, the binding factor is there. We just got to glue it all together. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like, you're right. like we, yeah. And so, so like, and, and you, again, even more so than it was in 2020, maybe even more so than 2019. Now that could be a four win season. That could be a 10 win season or 11 win season. And a some L title, like it's, it's, it, it's very much up in the air and to prove it, you know, but, but, but we have the ammunition, I think to prove it. We just got to make sure that we're like, prepared to fire the weapon like i mean you know i, I don't know i mean so like it, it's yeah I, it, it, i'm done with the, the bad analogies but <laughs> it's it, it's it's uh it, it is it is exciting and it's something i mean obviously this is a time of the year that all college football fans get excited but there, there is a reason if you're a george southern fan to be excited and i truly believe and we'll get more into this in the next episode as we preview kind of the season as a whole, go game by game, 
take an in-depth look at the Sun Belt. Obviously, the the kind of hot uh, topics within each team and the coaching changes and uh, big P five transfers and all this kind of stuff, and where we fit in that equation. And we talked last year or last uh, episode, right? That in that, I mean, there's not a lot of sexiness. There's not a lot of headline grabbers that we have as Georgia Southern. And you know, frankly, that's just not who we are. No, blue collar, you know, but but we're blue collar. You know, but I think we are well positioned where we we could potentially be a coastal Carolina. Yes, the schedule's tough. Yes, you know, but like we See, we we could like have that. that I don't even want to say like we could be like coastal Carolina because I think that's so. I think that's the wrong analogy or the the wrong comparison. I think you could kind of put it as um be like who Georgia Southern has always been always been at the top always been at the top of the mountain top of the pinnacle um get us back to winning the conference winning championships putting us in a position right. to to win or to get to a new year's new year's day ball. yeah it's not over yeah it's not overnight yeah. success but it's 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 realizing yeah, we're our a, we're not a flash in the pan right There's, you know, get back to where we belong to prominence and, and where yeah. we belong and doing it and doing it our yep. way. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I think that's a great way to end it, Cody. So super excited. It goes without saying, uh, for September 4th, I'm excited to get at least one more episode in here where we break down that game against Gardner Webb. Also, um, again, break down the, the season. By breaking down we'll Gardner about. Webb, meaning that we put no research in the Gardner Webb and just say. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna come <laughs> up with some some quiz questions. So we're gonna figure out because we 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 bombed against Campbell. It almost came back to buy us in the butt. Um, if if they ended up pulling that out, we were gonna look like idiots. But Jeez. um, but but yeah, no, we'll, we'll we'll come up with some stuff on them. But yes, obviously that game. Let's that, just hope we don't have thirty that, players that part, out with. COVID right. issues. That part of the preview again will be more focused on on us and what we'd like to see in that game, um, which hopefully will be a win um, moving into FAU. But um, with that episode going through the season as a whole, yeah, don't expect us to teams. be like, oh, this player X Y Z is going to be the starting quarterback for Gardner Webb, and this is how good. He-. No, this that's not. Nope, that's not going to happen because. <laughs> We'll go through. Well, I mean, with, with Campbell, and and of course, I I don't have his name off the top of my head, but like their quarterback, you know, he he was their game changer. He was their X factor. He, wasn't he a P five um, transfer too, something like that? I forget. He might have. No, I think he was just overlooked. overlooked? I think okay. he was just overlooked. But 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 yeah, I mean, like he he obviously like made his voice heard. Like yeah, I mean, he you know he he made some plays in that game and and almost won it. Um, and of course, yeah, we had this tack uh, or the decks tacked against us, but. Um, yeah, so 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 we'll go through that. Focus on us, uh, but then go through the season, um, talk about the themes and some melt. What's it, what it's going to take to reach our ultimate goal of, of winning it, um, and, and and getting that championship A lot game of wins. for the first time. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Don't lose. Insightful. <laughs> Insightful. Um, and well, Matt, uh, if you yeah, win a football so, game, it puts you in a better position. <laughs> right. Right. Going great. So with that. <laughs> With that, glad glad we're back at it. Glad we're talking football again. Um, and uh, until next time, Cody, as always, hail Southern. Hail Southern, Matt. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gottatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gotta Talk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football.
Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at datatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gata and Hail Southern. Thank <laughs> you.